They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. And I think the four of us have just about got over the most of Saturday. Steve, you lucky old thing, you weren't there at the ground, so <laughs> what, did you, what did you make of 69? Uh, I was just saying to you, before, before we started recording, I th- it was just horrible, it, and being at a distance was worse. I, I desperately wanted to be there for a sort of counterintuitive sort of way. And as I tweeted Anthony, you just felt sick, you felt hurt, you felt wounded. It's just horrible, isn't it? Whenever, when you follow something passionately, you accept that you're going to lose, and you have to take defeats in good grace. But you know, if you if you lose off the last ball of a game, you know, or like Essex, where we took it to the, you know, came back from next to nothing, and then lost it you go yeah okay fair enough but i think all of us started at lunchtime saying right let's see what this this batting unit's made up of let's bat through show what we can do and maybe put them under pressure on the last day and i was looking forward to a fourth day and then by tea time you felt completely crushed and i actually haven't got over it i just thinking about coming on doing this tonight still makes me feel quite sick it's a real emotional, physical feeling at the moment. It's horrible. Yeah, three of us were <laughs> were there in various different guises on Saturday afternoon. Oh, Dan, oh, it was just. It, 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 did it just seem inevitable from fifteen for two that yeah. this was just going to be all over by tea time and we'd be back in Once time? Once got whatever. it was able. The third wicket was was the one which made me think, yeah, we're not going to do this now. Like that was that was Lamaby gone, Renshaw gone, Abel gone, and it just felt like we have nothing. There's not enough substantial batting left lower down. You know, Banton at all at sea, Hildreth and Davis just aren't scoring enough runs at the moment, and you know, Gregory and Craig, have, you know, they're not scoring too many runs either. And they Hampshire have an extremely good bowling attack, which. Obviously, it was part of the reason that we collapsed 69, but it, a lot of it was bad batting. There were some really poor shots that we played. Um, and we just don't have a way of coping with those top-class bowlers at the moment. While the Warwickshire and Gloucestershire wins were very good wins, you know, utterly dominant wins, they were against, in the case of Warwickshire, a attack which was weakened, but also they bowled badly. They were good bowlers who bowled badly. Um, while also being slightly weakened, whereas Gloucester's attack was very weakened, um, and they didn't bowl particularly brilliantly, and obviously we capitalised. But as soon as you come across a world-class attack like Hampshire's, you know we just absolutely folded. It's funny because in the first things we were okay, weren't we? You know we, we weren't, you know we we were below par, but we weren't far off it. You know I think two fifty three hundred. It was a, it was a competitive was... total on that wicket against that attack, and you would think <laughs> that we would sort of match match up with their. Seen bowling attack pretty well. Um, mm. It's a close call as to which attack is the best, but it just went away f- from us on Saturday. Um, you know, firstly Barker and um, who was it? Um, 
Abbas. Abbas, and no, with with the bat, I'm talking about towards the end. Oh, oh sorry. Um, um, Fuller, James Fuller. James Fuller, that's it. Well, yeah. Donald Donald played his part as well. He batted really well again, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. so we probably yeah. they probably let him get forty to fifty. Yeah, you know, well, certainly thirty to forty too many. Um, but it doesn't wouldn't have, would not have mattered a jot, Gibbo, because it was. Is it same old Somerset, or I mean, I. I um, well, I'm ashamed to say that at lunchtime, I did I did say, not on the air, but to my co-commentators, this could be over this evening, because I've seen it so often. Um, and what happened in the morning, you're quite right, when Donald was put down by Craig Overton at, uh, in the gully, very unusual for Craig, I mean, he's got such a great pair of hands, and he just felt the momentum shift from you know overnight when we were right in the game they had a really really good session that final session on um on friday and and the momentum just shifted to to hampshire and somerset have collapsed so often in the last i don't know four five six seasons it's not it's not a, a recent phenomenon but i sort of well i more than half expected it um and as you say again against that attack i mean there were some there were some poor shots from tom lambby going for a, going for a big drive before he'd even scored um there were what else we what else we got tom abel you know nicking off down down the leg side as he does again, again yeah. yeah i mean that's a, you know that that's a technical flaw that he ought to have sorted out uh, by now steve davis um not sure how much future Steve Davis has got in the uh, in the championship side. In, in all honesty, ditto James Hildreth. Although Hildreth Hild did get a really good one from from uh, Barker, nip back in between between bat, bat and pad. But it was it was all a bit predictable, um, and it was all very very depressing. And I think what perhaps depressed me most about it is that nobody really has has come up with an explanation as to what is going wrong. You know why we have this. You know, one game you're getting 450, the next you're getting nearly 600, and then the, the one after that you're bowled out for, for 69. I mean, it's just I mean, what is going on? Point that, you know, the Warwickshire didn't bowl very well. Gloucester's bowling attack was weak. So if you like, they. I don't know. Game of professional cricket is easy, but it was easier to get those ones. It's easier to get a big total when you're. Your openers put on 150 or 170 or whatever it was in those last two games, mm. but it just didn't seem like anybody was up for the fight. I mean, I I lurked around while you were interviewing Tom Abel after the game, and tick for Tom, he looked like he was about to ugly cry. He, you know, yeah. it really <laughs> looked like it hurt him. It really did look like it was hurting him, which is. Which is what you want to see, because obviously we're all we're all hurting, and you know we were just shell shocked there. But being such a nice guy that Tom is, he he wasn't really able to come out and say uh, we were absolutely terrible. It's shocking, but there were a couple of comments there. Um, him saying um, he didn't front up with the bat, and there were a couple of other things saying we didn't really lack the commitment, we didn't really have the fight. <clears throat> And I'll I'll, um, I'll stick that interview at the end of the uh, end of the podcast if you want to have a listen, save you save you looking it up. But I think he's right, isn't he? We can score runs when when the, everything's in our favour, but when it really needs somebody to knuckle down and beat the odds and 
shows sheer bloody mindedness against a good attack and just bat for an hour without doing anything because conditions change bowlers get tired the ball gets older if you just hang around there things get easier and it just didn't seem like we either had the technique or or, or the the you know the guts or the, or the whatever it is the character to just stick it stick around for an hour i mean the i know you can't really blame jack leach for this but um, just before he got out, he caught that great catch by uh, Nick Gubbins at cover. He was wafting at wide ones from Abbott, and you know he got out slapping a, a slapping a drive straight to cover. And you're thinking, well, okay, the game was done. It's not Jack Leach's fault, but it is kind of symptomatic that <clears throat> the the great nuggety Jack Leach, who we, we've seen, you know, have the you know we everybody's talked about him the great technique, and you know the thing the rumours keep flying around on Twitter and the suggestions that he should maybe open the bat in. Um, he, <laughs> do you know, I know you're. I know you're laughing, Gibbo. But he's... I, do you know what? I've got to the point where I think we need to do. When we resume red ball cricket, we need to do something revolutionary now. Yeah. I really do because what the, what we've been trying to do patently hasn't worked. You've got a sample size of eleven games because Anthony, as Anthony always said, we need to go back to the game at the Oval last mm-hmm. summer, which okay, that was a draw, but it wasn't a very honourable draw. You've got 11 games, eight defeats, and one poor draw, and two, well, one good win. I'm going to, I'm actually going to say the Warwickshire win was a very good one, and the Gloucestershire win was against the poorer side. But it isn't working. And so there is no point, the definition of insanity, to keep doing the same thing that fails over and over again. So, much as I hate to say it, if it is a case of James Rue has got to come in and be given half a season after his exams, or Somebody like Will Smead has got to be brought in, and I know we've got the 100 and various other things, but I think you've just got to do something. And I actually put Jack Leach opening, and that's not stupid because no, I don't, because Lamb and being Siddle is one of the things that on the whole has worked, you know. But, but we've got to face facts, we aren't gonna win the championship this year. Oh, don't say it, Steve. You've got to face facts that that. Really, you want to find out whether Lewis Goldsworthy and some, you know, some of the younger players are go- have got it. George Bartlett, maybe. I know I'm going on about my favourite players, Will Smith, whatever. Are we actually going to learn anything for next season? By and I hate saying this, and my dad will be up there firing celestial arrows at me, probably. Hildy, Steve Davis, and maybe change things up a bit. You know, because it just isn't working and I've, I've as probably you can tell from my voice I am at my wits end with it now and I give full credit to Anthony for actually describing that so accurately and faithfully on some Saturday because it must have been incredibly difficult um, you know I think when when that those batch of wickets fell what was it Banton Hildreth Gregory fell quite quickly I think I probably have had to close my mic for a few minutes because it just it's exactly what you said Ian you just said back there back to T now guys we're not in a great place but let's at least come about this with some honour and that's it's not just the defeat uh, it's the defeat with not much credit out of it that hurts most the uh, the, tr- the trouble is that the players the players you're talking about most of them are the same sort same type of players as the ones who are in the team they're dashes you know they've, they've got Smead Bartlett is you know pretty pretty fragile fragile goldsworthy you know maybe you know he could he could do a job in the middle order but he 
Uh, he hasn't got any serious runs in Red Bull cricket yet. And, you know, I, I think if the important thing for this season is that we, we finish up in the top six in the... Um, in Division One, so that we're we're going to be in, assuming they go to three conferences with you know two equal ones at the top and then a lower one down below. We need to make sure we're in one of those two two top conferences, so we're in with a chance of, of fighting for the championship next year. Um, and then you know during the off season, we need to be si signing, identifying a really solid performer in the middle order. Someone who can do the job that James Hildreth has done for Somerset for so many years and who, in all honesty, doesn't seem capable of doing it uh, anymore. You know, he's, he's, a very, he's become a very nervous starter. He's sort of going down the pitch to, to uh, quick bowlers. It's, oh, it's it, you know, it, it makes you, it's, it's really nerve-wracking watching him bat mm, at the moment. Room. All that old fluidity has, has, has gone. We need... We need two really solid performers in that middle order. You know, a hard centre to the batting, which we haven't got at the moment. Goldsworthy is possibly one, and I think he deserves to be given his chance to see if he can do that. But I think for the other one, we, we're going to have to bring someone in. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's the task for the overseas. Um, because, you know, Renshaw's a fine player, but he doesn't actually provide much solidity. I mean, he's got good runs at the top of the order. But he's a bit of a chancer as well. You know, he, he likes going out after the ball. He got, got himself out driving, trying to drive on the up through the offside in, in the first innings. We, you know, we need someone who's, who's really um, really going to stick in that, that middle order and provide a real backbone to, to, the, to the batting. Yeah, so just quickly going back to what you, you were saying, Steve, about sort of making these wholesale changes, that could be quite dangerous because as, as Anthony said we want to make sure we're finishing in in the top six so granted it's heart-ruling head at the moment Ian mm. it's heart-ruling head because as I said I, I just talking to you guys now I actually f viscerally feel the pain and the hurt and I, I'm not going to apologize for that because that's what I am that's who I am I, I you know bleed maroon and black or whatever you want to say and the two things that upset me most are one my captain and my team you know my captain having to come out and talk to anthony like that absolutely breaks my heart and the second thing is that it gives people and i don't care if they want to pile in but it gives people who can't wait for somerset to lose the chance to have a pop yeah and i i just it is dangerous but i'll counter you with this ian we could carry on with the same side and be in eighth come mid-september yeah and I, I don't think anyone's going to convince me otherwise at the moment. So I'd rather, do you know what? I'd rather go down having given, or go down, but not be where we want to be, having given the youngsters a chance now. Um, because I know it's second team cricket, but they have been pulling up trees in second team cricket in both formats this season. And I think it's about time we had, we had that, given them an opportunity. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I just don't think it's necessarily going to solve the problem that we've got. Because, mm. well, you can... frankly, if we drop Steve Davis, we don't lose much. He's averaging seventeen this year, and while while that would mean giving the bands and the gloves or bringing in James Root, we're not going to lose much mm. if we drop Davis, to be honest. And he'll just. I mean, he's averaging twenty six. I mean, he's he's at a few fifties, so we may lose something if we drop mm -hmm. Davis. But I don't think we're going to lose much. 
and goals that he has been scoring a lot of runs in the second eleven. And I think he probably deserves a go sooner rather than later, um, as opposed to others. I mean, I mean, another option I had, another option I thought was maybe just we could drop a pace bowler and just bring in someone like Ben Green just to give us a bit more depth to the batting, while also you know still um, ha- you know had a good bowling option in Ben Green. Um, you know, they could be ways to go about That's, it, depending on... The it. problem with that, though, Dan, is it's weakening your strength and not necessarily strengthening your weakness. Yeah, but Josh Davey hasn't bowled that much in the last couple of games. I mean, it's just an idea to put out there. If we if if we feel, say, against Surrey, if we feel that Leachie's going to bowl a lot of overs, then we probably don't need an out-and-out for Seymour. That, that might come into their thinking. Yeah, because he's going to be available for Surrey, is he? Oh yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, yeah, well, then Roloff will come in, and that that strengthens the batting, I suppose. So. Oh yes, it does. It does big time. That brings in calm and bat time, and all those things that we were saying we want in the middle order, wouldn't it? Bring Roloff in, but then you know what you've got to get with Roloff. <laughs> but the, the thing, you know, it goes back to what your top order batsman not not doing the job. If you know what you're going to get with Roloff, that's Roloff. That's what we'll get from him. You you can't have that with your with your top five. You you've got to you, you've got to be able yeah. to you know adapt to the conditions, adapt to the match situation. You know we're not talking about you know fly benighters here. We're talking about James Hildreth, eighteen thousand first class mm. runs before he got out mm. on, on Saturday. You got Steve Davis, who's played played for England. He's played oh so yeah yeah first class. Harold Gimlet was a hell of a player in his time. Shep. He isn't now, unfortunately. Well, been, you know, and the same forty years, Steve. So. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Everybody, you know, everybody in every idea. sport has a date, and you know, Hildreth definitely is one that somebody, whether it's Tom Abel, whether it's Jason Kerr, or somebody else, has to sit him down and look him in the eye and see whether he still wants it. They'll know him well enough. You know, can I just throw something else in? And, I, I made a note of this at the start on Thursday when Anthony and KJ were talking and they said, hmm, Somerset won the toss and batted. Later we found out that Hampshire would have bowled if they won the toss. Oh, they always, and I they think always the, say that. It was slightly greener, a more marginal decision than it had been against Warwickshire. And I wondered whether there was, I don't want to use the word arrogance, but I'll say it and then say overconfidence. Hubris. Um, Hubris is the word. Good word. Good word. Yeah. Um, That's two, and I think that's two words I've learnt this season, Anthony. Prehensile and hubris. I couldn't agree more, Steve. I said 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 it at the time that there was there was an element of overconfidence there. You know, oh, we did it against against Warwickshire on on that pitch. We can do it. We can do it against this lot. And you know, and then they got they got through that first sort of three quarters of an hour to to an hour. And then they decided, right, now we're going to show these bowlers what, what we're made of. And both Lamanby and, and Renshaw got out driving driving at, at balls outside the off stump. And it, uh, you know, I think if there was no doubt at all, I was standing next to, um, um, it was Ian Holland. Was it Ian Holland? I can't remember who it was. No, it was, it was um, Kyle Abbott was being interviewed. Um, um by, by Kevin, and there was no question that Hampshire, Hampshire would most certainly have, have, have bowled if they won, won the toss. Uh, it was it was that sort of a uh, pitch. 
so I think you know that that was overconfident, and then they were overconfident in the first innings and panicked when wickets started falling in the second. You know, it was yeah, because it's that, that it's, short of it. It was a funny sort of situation when we started our second innings because we couldn't win the game. There's nowhere we could set up to win the game. The only way we could have won is if we'd got, I don't know, I think I said it on Twitter, something like 230 to 240 ahead and been bowled out by lunch. Mm-hmm. lunch because there's no way, way that you would declare in that situation. But So there was, there was nothing really to play for. And that's when you need that experience and mental strength. Because batting out, batting out for the draw seems to have just gone out of the first-class game in the last few years. I don't think... You know, the sides batting out the last day with ten wickets in hand just seems to have, have puffed and gone up in smoke, and is is something of a memory now. But well, it's happened well, yesterday, yeah. Ian. Quick, sorry, Dan. Yesterday at Headingley, I'm just cutting the scoreboard up now. Warwickshire batting second with 25 for three and 12 over when Sibley was out, and they were trailing by 200 odd on first innings. Sam Hain. 109 not out of 32 balls. Will Rhodes, 111 not out of 297 balls. That's what you're talking about. And I, I, that might be an extreme example, but, you know, and we don't know Headingley might have gone as dead as a dodo and the Yorkshire bowling might have been not as great as, you know, it, it can be sometimes. But that's the sort of thing you wanted to see from one of our top five. Four or five bands at Hildreth, yeah. Yeah, and we are. We I think we all feel a million miles off from that at the moment. Yeah, we yeah. do. No one's really. Done. Sorry, Dan, I interrupted. Well, no, I was going to make a similar point. Several teams have batted out for draws this season. You know, Leicester should have done it once or twice. You know, Leicester should have shown real fight several times. To I don't think they've been successful every time. They were successful at least once. You know, batting out for draws. You know, we we just look a million miles away from being able to do that. Yeah, I'm just actually trying to look at the uh, at the scorecard of uh, our game on the Somerset website. And it seems to have been expunged from the records. It's just a blank page when it when it loads up, uh, which is possibly a good thing. Oh, what else did I want to say about that? Um, point I made to you, Dan, when we were, <laughs> when we were watching Josh Davy bat is if you were sort of conducting a blind sample of just watching watching batsmen play. You potentially say that Josh Davy looks a proper batsman. So just think mm, yeah, I told him Dan was going to drop him a minute ago. Now you're going to start picking him up. Oh. Drop him as yeah, a batter. Play him as a batter. Similar to Leach, isn't it? Davy and Leach are similar in that they have very solid techniques. Obviously, they're not as flamboyant as sort of Overton and Gregory. But you know, there are situations where you know maybe Davy and or Leach could be promoted above them. Just to you know, to bat some time rather than you know, rather than you know what you get from Overton and David, which is pretty much always going to be you know just trying to score quick runs. Yeah, the trouble is the trouble with Josh David. It's the same trouble with Lewis Gregory and Craig Overton, half the blooming batters. Is shot selection. Yeah, you know, Josh David has got a good 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 technique, but he does love he loves to hit the ball down the ground. And you know, if he, he, he sees a ball coming down on a, a fullish length, he'll go after it, but almost regardless of the circumstances. Um, Gregory's Gregory is the same. He's a, you know, you look at Gregory's technique. 
he's, he's got one of the best techniques in, in in the whole side. But I don't know. I don't know. He just he, he cannot cannot resist having a go and and trying to impose himself on the bowlers. It's it's a sort of my it's a, almost a collective mindset. They want to impose themselves. They want to score quick runs. Um, they lack patience as as a batting unit. They they try. I mean, against against Warwickshire, they showed patience. Tom Banton, for example, but it's against their instincts. You know, they they like to get on, like to get on with it. And it's it, the the mix between solidity and adventurousness is wrong at, 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 at the moment. And there are, the, there are too many big shots being played to the wrong balls by batsmen who are inherently pretty good, talented players. So how, how long do we give Lachlan Stevens to, to work this out then? Because you, you've got three well, things you need as a batsman. First of all, you need natural talent. Second of all, you need technique. And third, you need the proper mentality of judging the situation, knowing what to do at the right time, being able to absorb pressure. So... Is you know it's you know the batting coach can can't really give you the raw talent, but he can certainly give you the technique and you know advise you on how to get into the to the best mental state for batting. And as you say, some of the the shot selection, particularly Lamanby, that sort of big booming drive to that one on off stump was just not quite there. I mean, I was thinking about Viv Richards today, and he was obviously had quite you know he's very confident almost arrogance but you could bet your bottom dollar in that situation he would have had the nous to to read what was going on read the match situation recognize that okay this is a very good bowling attack okay viv probably would have dealt with them anyway but let's imagine a hypothetical bowling attack which could have the better of uh, the best of uh, of viv richards should should one ever uh, ever have existed but he would have recognized that Okay, the way that I'm going to impose myself, the way that I'm going to dominate you is by not getting out. I'm going to make you bowl at me all day until your feet yeah. are bleeding. You are knackered. The ball mm. is 60, 70 overs old. You bowl me a half volley. I'm not. I'm just going to try and time it. I'm not going to try and smash it into Morrison's car park. I am going to play to. I'm going to. Um, I'm not going to let you get me out I, well, I'm not going to get myself out if you want to get me out you're going to have to bowl a hell of a good ball mm. because I am booked in here until 6 o'clock tonight thank you very much and he didn't play many innings like that though. no but you, you know what I mean these great players that, great players they have an ego and they say I'm not going to give I'm not getting out to you I'm not going to have Richards, you know, I don't know, caught tanks. I remember he loved to dominate. He loved to bully bowlers. But he had to I remember a game against... I remember a game against Warwickshire where Malcolm Marshall was absolutely in his pomp and he got Rosal Denning out early and Viv marched out and he worked Viv over for 20 minutes, half an hour. And at the end of the half an hour, Viv was still there and Malcolm Marshall had bowled his spell. And gradually he eased his way in, and then by the time Marshall came back on, he was fifty or sixty and flowing. And it was like, it was like uh, in my world of an accountant, he'd made the investment. Now he was making the withdrawal on that investment. And even Viv, I, know, I know what Anthony said because we all remember the big dominant innings, but there were plenty of 
hard-earned 40-50s on really tough wickets. I remember him batting at Western once um, on the first day of a festival game and just, it was horrendous. I think it was Surrey and it was, you know, Sylvester Clark and Jackman and all that lot. Exactly the same. And I could I could spend time on Cricket Archive and go back and find a few of those games. But, yeah, but when it was tough, he would do it. And, but, uh, you know, if you've got the technique, you have got to have the mentalist discipline to bat the time and then the rewards will come. Yes, you're going to get a good ball now and again, but the whole point, of, and again, I'm someone who wasn't that much of a batsman, and anyone who knows my club cricket will laugh at so I even credit myself for being that much of a batsman. But if you are a quality batsman, you know that you have got to make the bowl and bowl into your strong areas and you're not going to... You know, Travis is a great example, isn't he? How he used to do that. You know, somehow you would find he'd be there at lunchtime. Then in the afternoon, all of a sudden, people would be bowling into his areas. And it happens, you know, because, as you say, bowlers get tired. And there's, uh, to go back to your original question, Lachlan Stevens was probably told when he was coming over, oh, we've been doing all this work in the nets. We've been told they've been batting three, four hours and all of that. I bet he's saying I'd like to see the videos of that now because I frankly don't believe it. Yeah, you you get out of the net. Yeah, what happens when you play a bad shot or you get out in that net? Are you having to, you know, I don't know, do 20 laps of the ground with a backpack that weighs... 20 laps in your shorts and T-shirt in December, you know, yeah, that's all... Carrying it's... a rucksack weighing 50, 60 kilos, something like that, because... Yeah. Yeah, you, you cannot replicate what goes on the nets. And, 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 yeah, it's just a mentality thing. It's just... Oh, is, it, is it pride, bloody-mindedness, whatever you want to call it, it... It just wasn't there on Saturday, and it wasn't. Let's be honest; it wasn't there in in the Warwickshire and Gloucester games because we didn't really need it to be there. Because those were, let's be honest, fairly easy runs. But you, you feel with the bowling attack that it, and I know it's a different thing. But you know, Steve Kirby's comment a couple of games ago: the opposition are going to have partnerships, and you've got to accept that. But the bowling attack just keeps coming, keeps coming, and you know that. That run on Friday evening, you know, even when it got to what was it, hundred and odd, hundred and forty odd for four, and then Gregory comes on and gets Dawson at the end. They didn't relent when Siddle and Craig came out of the the attack, and it's it's that you can see that mindset with the bowling. You can't see it with the batting. Mm. Very true. Well, You're quite right. Steve, Steve Steve Kirby said said to me, "It's all about patience." And they showed patience with the ball, and they didn't show the same degree of patience with the bat in either innings. In, fact, in either innings, maybe we should give the batters a, a session with Steve Kirby to see if they can teach them a bit of patience. <laughs> I mean, they did spend. They were, uh, as from what I understand, in the winter they were spending hours in the nets. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were having they were having to bat for sort of two hours on end um, to replicate. You know. Defensive batting in, in a red ball situation. Well, I suppose if you've got the if you've got the mindset there already, do you need to practice that? I mean, somebody like Boycott wouldn't have batted for two hours in the nets. No, but then Boycott didn't play T Twenty cricket. You know? No, that's mm. true. I suppose who's yeah, who's a mod, who's a modern equivalent? Jake Libby. Jake. <laughs> Thirty-one minutes. minutes Jake Libby. Watch. Steve has mentioned Jake Libby. Well, Tom Lamanby a couple of years ago up at Worcester. 
Mm. Yeah, he did it then. He, but mm. when he did that, he didn't even look like he was he was fighting his natural instinct. He just looked so calm, so patient. He was just swallowing it up, eating up all that pressure. And then when it, the, you know, when the time came, when everything was in his favour, bang. You know, went from fifty to hundred in I don't know thirty balls or whatever it was. So it's there. So I don't know where it, I don't know where it's gone. Hmm. Anyway, anything more on the? Should we talk about the blast? Oh no, let's, let's, do, let's, let's, let's do another two let's hours pick on our Hampshire blast teams because that's always the most fun we have when we have to pick. Yeah. Team. Just, just one last thing about that the Hampshire game, Anthony. I had to leave a little bit early to get back because my wife goes to Aquafit on a Thursday night. And as I put, um, I put you on in the radio. You were talking about um, guess what you and Kevin James were talking about on Thursday night. About oh, <laughs> where, how many homegrown players have you got? Exactly. Yeah. So one of two things has happened there. Either you've been talking about it all day, because, no. Or, because no. well, if that's the case, I can't believe it's taken you till six o'clock to to bring up <laughs> that particular topic of conversation. But uh, yes, it did. Uh, it did brighten up. And my, we my managed to get home. dragons and wyverns in there as well. So yeah, all, all the did. usual hockey horses were ridden. Oh yes. Oh, the result. <laughs> of that. Can I just say for the record that will be Kevin James, who was born in Lambeth, that well-known suburb of Southampton. Well, he did play for Middlesex he first did. of all. He did. Um, yes. He did say on air that. He, he, the only reason he left Middlesex was that he wasn't good enough. <laughs> they got, you know, they, they sacked him basically. That's why he went to Hampshire. Otherwise, yeah. he'd carried on playing for for Middlesex. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite true. There weren't none of the Hampshire side had been born in Hampshire, but then only two of ours had been born in Somerset. So, you know, yeah, but you count Devon and Cornwall and, and the left half. Well, I know. Hampshire have the right half of Dorset. They, they can count Sussex and, and Dorset yeah. and Wiltshire. They have the east half of Dorset. We've got the west half. Yeah, Kevin James. Uh, Plays a good part in um, uh, Simon Hughes's book. A lot of hard jackers gets uh, gets a good few column inches in there. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anything else about the uh, the Hampshire travesty then? No, move on. Let's move, move on. on. Let's move on. Oh, oh, I was going to make oh, one point. Oh, 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 I think it's a relevant Dan. point. It's a relevant point. I tweeted about it. Our record in first class cricket at Taunton. 2018 to 2020. 17 yeah. matches, 12 wins, one tie, four draws, no losses. Taunton was an absolute fortress during that period. 2021 to present, 10 matches, 2 wins, 3 draws, and 5 losses. But for whatever reason, we are just not the team what, we were at Taunton. What is and that's... the fundamental change to well, Taunton during that it's time? Not what has changed? It's... I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Cyberbad is, is that big a factor. You the don't? peak of Cyberbad was 2016 and 2017. 2018 onwards... It, it, the, the the balance shifted a bit oh, more September, towards scene. the last week of September 2019 was peak cider about yes well, okay yeah <laughs> but in terms of in terms of the number of wickets to spin in each season it peaked in 2016 and 17 what was 2018 the average, average degrees of spin in those seasons then Dan <laughs> I saw about the number of wickets. Oh, to okay, spin. all right then. <laughs> the peak of that was 16 and 17. 2018 onwards, we won a lot of matches just through sheer force of our seam bowling attack and our batting scoring enough runs. The, the batting now isn't scoring the level of runs that it did back then. The, the batting wasn't perfect at that point in time, but it no, did well. enough. Uh, it did enough, and it was better at home than it was away. Well, we were bailed, bailed out time and time again by the mm -hmm. bowlers with the bat, uh, you know, by, by the lower, lower order. And that, that is that a fact. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we need to get we need to make Taunton a fortress again um, as soon as we can, because that was that was how we 
you know, that was the basis of our success between 2018 and 2020. I, I think, Dan, the correlation is that when Anthony was in a decent commentary, and I can say this, but he can't, when he was in a decent commentary position and not a backward point, we were very successful. <laughs> and now he's been moved to the extremities, then that's the reason. So I think the first thing we need to do is get him back up behind the bowler's arm. I, I did a bit on Saturday. It's a great view from up there. You can literally yeah, see the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can see it. You've got a lovely view of the Quantox as well. Oh, it's beautiful. I can't yeah. see a single square inch of the bloody Quantox. You want to get, get a bus driver mirror just in that top left corner so you can have a Quantox watch. <laughs> oh, couldn't they just, uh, couldn't they just uh, crane that cabin up and stick it on the Thatcher's Terrace or on top of... Or just thought, perch, so, it, perch it on top of the... Uh, um, on top of the Trez Pavilion. Oh, right. Vitality Blast starts in two days' time. In precisely 48 hours, we'll be well into our first game, which is a repeat of last year's final. We're taking on the... Uh, are they still the Kent Spitfires? Yep, they are. Yep. That's down at Canterbury. So, hopefully, we will uh, uh, repeat our form of last year in the Blast and possibly even go one better uh, is Riley Russo here yet well I, I nice presume place. so he's, yeah I presume he is I mean he's they, been signed for the blast it'd be yeah. strange if he if he wasn't they, around for the first game yeah there's normally like a big photo shoot and a social media splurge when we get a new player but um, he, he tweeted on silence. Thursday I'm leaving on a jet plane did it say yeah. to Heathrow to then get the train down to... To get as far or... away from Taunton as possible after... No, no, no. <laughs> so I assume he was, at he was around the weekend, I would guess. Um, I'm trying to think, though. No. Well, I'm not sure. I'll say I didn't see him. Obviously, I wasn't particularly looking out for he him. He didn't but... see you either because he didn't tweet that he'd seen you, Shep. So. No, he didn't. No. Well, he wouldn't see me. I was up in that commentary box. Great view up there, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so we hope we hope Riley Russo hasn't got uh, lost in transit somewhere and is uh, is um, is kicking his heels at Heathrow, having lost his passport or whatever. But uh, yeah, presumably uh, Riley Russo will be here for the blast. So I've done my team. I hope you've all done yours. I've got my twelve for um, for Canterbury on Wednesday. You only got twelve. I've only got twelve. Yeah. And then you've got to go. So oh, what, what is and I've, I've is Renshaw going to be available for Canterbury? Or is it, when does he go off to? Renshaw's Wednesday? not signed for the blast, is he? So I don't think is he not. So he works, so he's no. out of the reckoning. Yeah, at, at the moment, yeah. Until we hear otherwise, I think he's out of the reckoning for the blast, yeah. Okay, that, but I assumed that. Then, and that's fine, yeah. So I'm going Banton, Smead, Abel, Russo, Lamanby, Gregory at six, Roloff at seven, Craig at eight, Peter Siddle at nine, Jack Brooks 10, Great. Max Waller 11, and Josh Davey makes up my 12, coming in for Max Waller or possibly Roloff if the pitch does or does not demand it. I don't think Craig's, Craig's not going to be available, is it? I think he's away with England. They go, well, they go uh, Sunday, don't they? Yeah, mm. yeah, correct. But I yeah. think, aren't they having a, a sort of get-to-get-pre-thing, pre-series No, together? I think they're meeting Sunday because Stuart Broad wants to go to watch Nottingham Forest in the playoffs. And there was right. a thing about yeah. he might or might not be able to go. 
um, because he's got the England thing there. No, but the test match starts on Thursday, so um, I don't know what the new Rob Key, uh, Brendan McCullum dynamic is, but I'd have thought uh, a week's <laughs> eight days get together before the game might be a little bit excessive. But you know, you never know. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's my twelve. I hope you've all done yours. Right, yeah, to go. Go on, who yeah. jump in, Steve. Same top seven as you, which is a bit scary. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is I'd like to see Abel bat four because that's where he batted last year with such success. Yeah. So will Russo bat three? If not, there's a bit of a fiddling around to go on there. I'm going to go. Anthony's going to groan at me now. I'm going to go Ben Green, Craig Overton, Josh Davy, and Peter Siddle. But when Craig's gone, Jack Brooks. And Maxwell is my twelfth man. What's he's, wrong with he's Mar- the... What's wrong with March and Delanger? Well, we can only play two overseas, can't we? Yeah. Well, that's Delanger and Sybil. Oh, of course, Russo. Oh, bloody hell! Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd have. I think I'd have um, Delanger rather than Sybil, probably. Wasn't Sybil leading wicket wicket taker in the? Blast? No, he's captain of Adelaide. Yeah, captain of Adelaide yeah. Stars. But his, his record in T20 cricket isn't fantastic. Whereas Martin DeLangers, whatever one might think of him, is pretty good. I mean, Maybe yeah, they'll rotate them, time. but I'd, yeah. I'll, I'll, I would go Siddle every day, I'm afraid. Because I think what you get with DeLanger is he can take you five for 17. He can also do naught for 48 in his four overs. Whereas I think with Siddle, you will get and I'm going to be proven wrong now, and I bet I think you'll get consistency. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather have that extreme pace option in the side well, of it. Well, you, me, you so. can have whatever side you like, Gibbo, because uh, we all, we all pick our own sides, and uh, you're not allowed to influence anybody else's selection. Well, in that case, I've got Banton, Smead, Abel, Russo, Lamanby, Gregory, Vandermeer. Um, Green, Overton, Davy, and Delanger. Happy with that. Don't mind that. Go on then, Dan. Um, yeah, Banton Smee to open. Uh, Russo three, Abel four. I think Abel has to stay at number four. He's been our best T20 batter for the last few years. I think yeah, that's that's where he scored scored his runs. So he stays at four for me. Um, that was a bit gets a bit more difficult. I, I think I've gone. I think I'm going to go with Lamanby at five. Gregory at six. I think they're the they're the two they're two best position the, the best positions for those two guys. Um, and then it sort of gets into a bit of you know there's a few options, but I'm happy with this to go with Vandermeer seven, Green eight to start, and then Overton at nine, and then if if he's not available, then um, you know Davy or Brooks, um, and, and then ten would be Siddle or Delanger. I'd, yeah, I wouldn't mind Delanger. Just he does bring something a bit different um, to, to the side. He did bowl quite well for us in the in the group stage last year. Obviously, the less said about final stage, the better. But he was pretty good for us in the group stage. You know, he bowled some. You know, there was a spell against Hampshire. I think it was four overs to thirteen runs. Yeah, you know, he didn't bowling take a wicket, left. did he? But he he only went for yeah twelve, thirteen, fourteen Ooh. runs, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, I, I think. He, you know, the, the fashion these days in T20 cricket, and it seems to, you know, you know t- tactics in T20 cricket are constantly shifting. And one of the current tactics is quick bowlers through the middle overs bowling those what they call heavy lengths. Um, problem is, who bowls at the death in 
Gregory, I suppose. He's sort of he's our death. He's not the best. Death, he's all right, but he's not the best death bowler. That's the thing we are lacking. I think still lacking. Been lacking for a while. Is a proper quality death bowler. But you know we've you know we've got to go with what we've got. So um, yeah, Delanger at ten, and then I really like to see Max play. I've got Max Max at eleven. I really want to see him playing again. Um, he you know as, as we know last year he got dropped uh, halfway through the tournament. He didn't have the best tournament. Um, but you know that was one bad year after many many good years for us. You know he's one of the best leg spinners in the country. He's got a great economy rate. He takes wickets. So I, I think we've got to back him initially. Um, and he's a young fielder as well. Yeah, I was really yeah. surprised when he dropped because I thought, well, he's got enough in the bank. He's got enough credit built up over the years to still be selected. But obviously, that you know what, don't know what's going on behind the scenes or what. Whether he he felt he just maybe got the yips or something, I don't, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'd uh, love to see Max back. Um, Max back on Wednesday night. Um, so, do you think we can win it this year? Mm. Good. There are a lot of good teams there, as always. You know, Surrey looks strong, Lancashire looks strong, Warwickshire look very strong. Um, Knots, you know, of Kent course. As always. Knots, yeah. yeah. There, are, there are some very good sides. And but. Sussex have got Rashid Khan back, which makes a huge difference. Kent are pretty useful, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't bite, Steve. Don't bite. <laughs> Staring daggers down the camera lens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the thing with T20... I'm players, surprised Anthony didn't say the Gloucesters at that point, but hey. Well, they can never they can never be ruled out. The thing about T20 sides is every side up and down the country, all 18 teams have got, have got sides containing two or three players that if they come off will win you a game and that's just the nature of, of T20 cricket and and what we did in the quarter final when the greatest player in the world got Liam, Liam Livingston out when he looked like he was going to smash 150 it's the, getting those players out of those big moments in games and um, just not letting them get away from you that that for me is is you know what T20 cricket is all about um, I think it's our only chance of getting some silverware this season to be honest because yeah. We've lost yeah. half. Our, I don't. Half our I teams. actually think the Royal London with uh, Sidle and Renshaw oh, playing that. We've lost too many players. Mm-hmm. What have you lost? Yeah. No, again? I don't agree. Um, well, um, I still think we've got a very good second string, and with the experience of Sidle and Renshaw, we could be there or thereabouts in that. Oh, mm. You know, it's, it's another one, isn't it? Like with the blast. What's your ambition at the start? You just want to get to the knockout phase, and then you know, obviously, it'd be nice to be home in the knockout phase but that's all you've got to play for that's what you play for and then you take it from there you know and you can end up you could end up winning the group and not have had a bit of bad luck and you get them <laughs> home. Yeah. you know it just it is a bit like that and it's i think it's going to be very competitive though i don't think we're going to see in the south i don't think we're going to see four teams clear in a way, whereas in the north I, I'd sort of envisage you know, what Dan's already said Warwickshire, not Lancashire you could probably get a pretty short odds at the bookies that those three will qualify for the quarterfinals in the south I think it's much less clear hmm. Yeah It was an all-south finals day last year wasn't it, it was us, Hampshire, Kent it was and... Kent Hampshire, Sorry, Hampshire, Hampshire. Yeah. Sussex Sussex, Kent, Aston, Hampshire. Yeah, 
Yeah. So the players we lose to the bloody hundred for the uh, for the one day cup: uh, Roloff Anamova, March at the Langer, Jack Leach, Lewis Gregory, Tom Abel, Craig Overton, Tom Banton, Tom Lamanby, and Will Smead. Um, we're not sure if Max Waller is contracted for the fifty over. Uh, he'd be an asset in that tournament, but I think now what have we lost there? That's nine players from our first choice mm. lineup there. So it's it's going to be difficult, but. Who knows? Mm. Right. Um, so, so you you done it? Uh, you done it? Canterbury on Wednesday, Anthony. I said the end. Good stuff. Let's hope the weather's a bit. Yeah. Was it last year? It was. Um, it was plain. It was misty. It was fog. Yeah. Yeah. It was misty. <laughs> Anthony Conway in the fog, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Absolutely fantastic. First time we've, we've beaten them there since, well, the first time we've beaten them, I remember since I was at beat Kent in a T20 at Canterbury, because the last time we beat them, it was at um, Tunbridge Wells. Yeah. At your man, Roloff. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. oh I was there that day. Whenever it was, 2011. 2011 yeah, 2011, yeah, him and Mark. <coughs> God yeah. knows Ian, how many. Ian Banger, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, a few points. There, there. Sorry, Anthony, you go on while I uh, just. No, I was just going to say it's going to be. You know, it'll be a tough game. Um, and uh, let's let's hope our our young batters come off. And uh, Russo shows. Interesting what Kevin James said to me about uh, Riley Russo. He's he's sort of shit or bust player, basically. You know, if if he so if he'll he, win you a couple of games, or win, win you yeah. a game or two on his own. But yeah. don't expect him to be consistent. I yeah, think was opposite the... of a Devon Conway, who's incredibly consistent yes. in his approach. Yeah. We could we could do with someone like Devon Conway in both the red ball and the white ball teams, couldn't we? I mean, he'd be, you know, he'd be perfect at the top that's, of the order. That's the, the solution: get Conway and Baba Azam to play from the rest <laughs> of the season in the championship, as well as Ren, Sean, Siddle. So we can we well, be nice. Dan, can you do an email? Please. Yeah, come on, Dan. Get the email going as well. Spares per team, please. Yeah, uh, and yeah. can you get the the batsman to show some a bit more fight as well? Uh, right, what have we got on Twitter then? Oh, that clip from Forty Towers, um, uh, where the major walks up and says, uh, "Hampshire won." Oh, did it? Yes. Thanks for tweeting us that, Andy. Um, okay, first question was from uh, David Wyatt. Do you agree we should now be focusing on no higher than sixth place? Mm, I don't think you can focus on getting no higher than six I think you've just got to get as much as you can David and uh, and try and finish as high as we can in case well he does make the point that in case we uh, we go to the uh, the three sixes um, so yeah we need well we definitely need to finish in the top six um, and then a question about the pitch preparation for Surrey should we not be preparing a road for the Surrey game potentially to get a draw as we will have Renshaw, Overton and Leach absent. So Renshaw will be on that Australia A tour, we think, and Overton and Leach will be with England. For I expect it'll be well. a similar pitch to the one for Warwickshire and Hampshire. Hmm. Seems that seems to be what they're aiming at, leaving plenty of grass on, getting, you know, a bit of carry for the quicker bowlers, bit of bit of seam movement, ball coming onto the bat for the stroke makers. Yeah. And um and we need to win, you know. We need to win cricket matches. I don't, I don't think we. I don't think we can afford to settle for draws from from now on. I don't think we should settle for draws. We're better than that. 
you know, we should be in the in the Were top you there three. Saturday, we we are <laughs> capable of being better. Was there wash up on your commentary cabin window? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. But we've had, you know, this, this sort of um, fragile top order batting has been a feature for you know five or six years, and it hasn't stopped us but coming second. Well, <laughs> However many times it comes second, that's in the true, last but maybe if it lots. wasn't there, we might have come first. Well, we might absolutely. We would. Yeah. We would have done. That's you a know, very we wouldn't good have folded against Hampshire at the Aegeus Bowl. Yeah. Back in September 2019, right, and we could have wrapped up the championship then, and we yeah. didn't need, we wouldn't have needed to beat Essex in the last game. Uh, David goes on there, whilst we mainly lost because of our abject batting, but well, mainly, definitely lost because of our abject batting in the second innings, I feel we set ourselves up with two mistakes. One, the pitch was not the Warwickshire one you guys wanted, and two, seamer friendly, given Hampshire's strength in that department, and two, having won the toss, we should have batted. I presume David means we should have bowled. Yeah. I've agreed with that uh, yeah. uh, already. Um, Rob Blackwell says, "Should Casey Aldridge get a T Twenty start against Kent on Wednesday?" I say yes. What would your eleven be? Well, Casey's opened the batting in a couple of the the warm up mm. games. He's opened only the double header against Northants. Did he not open both times because they mixed it up a bit? Yeah, um, you get some limited highlights on the uh, on NV play. Um, he looks a little bit agricultural for me um, mm. to be opening in the first eleven. To be honest, Robert. Um, mm. And again, uh, with the bowling strength we've got, I don't, I don't think you can quite make a case for uh, make a case for Casey. Boom, boom. Um, yeah, I don't think you can quite. Yes, make yes. It. If we get an injury to to you know one or more of the of the sort of, of the quick bowlers, I had him sort of at, you know at the back of my mind as mm. as you know. I don't know how good a um, a one-day bowler, you know, T20 bowler. He's, he's not very bowled very much in the no. second 11 T20s, which is a bit of a tell at the moment. So yeah, yeah. it's a strange. I just wonder if they just chucked him in it to open, just to maybe give him a game. I don't, I don't know because um, there was one he didn't bowl, and he opened the batting, and there was another one. I think he maybe bowled one or two overs when he opened as well. So oh. I'm not sure if he's got a, a little niggle or not. Um, but there we are. Um, John Hayes, are you all looking forward to the 100? No, we're not, John, and I've uh, gifted you a suitable reply for that one. Andy Cleave, um, do you think directors of cricket and head coaches can remain in the job too long? Looking ahead to the blast, how difficult will it be for those players who featured in all formats to overcome the mental scars on the weekend, and should we be concerned, and has the break come at the right time? Uh, bit to digest there from Andy. Yes, well, I think I said a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of episodes ago on the podcast that however good you are as a as a, a coach or a manager in whatever sport a captain even in cricket you do have a shelf life um there comes a time when i don't know well let, let's look at i mean who stays around in a in a job in professional sport i mean uh, you look at alex ferguson and arsene wenger in football very much the exceptions to the rule in terms of their longevity don't think anybody's re has any are there any head coaches and directors of cricket who have been in place longer than Jason Kerr and Andy Hurry? Not necessarily oh, yeah. saying it's a bad thing, but... No, but Kerr and Hurry only took over in their current positions in 2018. Uh, Nick Newell at Knott's have been there for ages, uh, 12 years, maybe more, I mean, since I've been interested in cricket. Um, I think the DOC is slightly different from the coach, isn't it? Because the coach is the dressing room voice, and I said a few weeks ago, 
you know, that horrible phrase, lost the dressing room. Do you need almost a different voice saying the same thing? You wonder, whereas the director of cricket is that one step removed from that. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you only make a change if you, you know it's going to get better. And you look at Newcastle, to go back to your football analogy, that clearly worked. Anyhow, yeah. You look at, you look at Burnley, maybe you say it didn't. You know, so... Is it Sean Dyche they got rid of and replaced him with? Got rid of Sean Dyche, yeah. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. And, you know, so... Again, that's an Andy... In, in case of the coach, it's the director of cricket and the chief exec who've got to look at it, isn't it? And that's what they're paid the big bucks to do, I'm afraid. Um, but... You've got to you've got to wonder. I mean, the director of cricket's job really is to put the raw materials in place, isn't it? In terms, in, in you know, in terms of structure and in terms of players, uh, and then the coach brings out the head coach brings out the best of, uh, of whatever material, raw materials is being provided with. But you have to you have to wonder about where we've got an uh, expensively acquired overseas player playing cricket for the second team in the shape of, of Martin. Denanga, you know what's that all about? It, was, it, was, it, was it a panic buy after we just lost Jamie? We needed we need an out and out quick bowler. Was it was that what it was? Well, I just, I, it just it just might well have been. Seems, seems bizarre to me. Um, that, you know, it's a, it's a waste of resources, frankly. Um, but so that 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 to me that's at Andy Hurry's door. The the the. Disappointing performances at the end of last season, the beginning of this. That's that's at Jason Kerr's door, and somebody remarked to me on on Twitter that you know if Somerset was a football club, neither um, Andy Harry nor Jason Kerr would have kept their jobs. I'm not sure that's necessarily true, but the same thought had had occurred to me, in that if Somerset can you know continue consistently to underperform to the extent that they have done, you've got to start asking questions about the coaching and the management and the, you know, the, the, the assembling of the, of the team and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, so. This isn't a knee-jerk overreaction to Saturday. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if we'd have been consistently scoring you know, three, four, five hundred over the last four or five years and all of a sudden we were bowled out for 69, you say, Christ, what happened there? Everybody had a collective bad day. But we've everybody's had a collective bad days on quite a few occasions for the last sort of two three years or so mm. that was a point that actually I, I meant to make earlier and I forgot is we we either all score runs we all everything's fine or when the wheels come off for some one one bat it comes off for all of them nobody sticks their head above the parapet and takes the game by the scruff of the neck and and do you know what I mean when, when do you see like 90 not out in a total of 180 which you see sometimes it's all everybody's got like 15 or 20 Yep. Anyway, George uh, Barlett 100 not out, out of 237 at home to Gloucestershire in 2020. That was a excellent innings. That wow. was it. You know, fighting against the collapse, hit good partnership with Brooksy the last wicket. But unfortunately, George Bartlett can barely score a run in the second 11 at the moment, at least in the Red Bull cricket. And it's a real worry, actually, George Bartlett, yeah. how he yeah, he was a solid player for us for a few years. Mm. Fallen right off the radar, wasn't he? 
So ever since yeah. I tipped him on Charlie's show to be <coughs> leading run scorer in the championship last season, Dan, <laughs> that was totally down to me. Yeah, we need to tip up. We need to just stop doing that. We need to like I don't know who's who's going to be leading run scorer. Well, I think it's going to be the bloke that serves the coffee in the Marcus Gothic Pavilion because just just keep all the first team players out of it so we don't curse any of them with our bad luck and predictions. Uh, and then a couple of Andy's points. Um, yeah, has the break come at the right time? I, I think it has. I don't. I don't. One thought that I did have that is that this might, this sixty nine all out might just fester for the duration of that first period of the blast until we, we have the Surrey game. But it it it, it can be either way, can it? You can either put it out your mind and yeah. come at Surrey fresh, or you can be sat there thinking, oh god, bought up a sixty nine again, and just let it stew on your mind. Yeah, for three yeah. days, the good but... thing is, there's going to be three, four, maybe five different players coming into the side. Max Waller plays, you know, you can see it more than half the side not having been involved at the weekend. Yeah. I hit my mythical eight o'clock, I need to cut off time, so sorry, but I'm going to have to leave you again. All right. No Domestic worries, list calls. Coolio, right. Uh, we won't be doing Monday next week because that's when we're playing Hampshire down at Hampshire again. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it Hampshire? Did we get ab- we got absolutely stuffed by them down at the Aegean? We got stuffed. Yeah, we were bowling for about hundred. Yeah, we got hundred and seventy. God, never, never rains, never rains, but it pours, doesn't it? All right. Cheers, Steve. I'll uh, I'll let you know when we're uh, we'll catch it up next week. Ta-ra. All right. Thank Bye. you. Cheers, everyone. Hey, Steve. Bye. Uh, Steve's off for his tea. Um, I think that was it. I didn't get very many through this week because I, I presume that all of our uh, faithful listeners would have known exactly what we were going to talk about and not uh, <laughs> uh, not preempt the issue. Um, we had the poll last week on Twitter. Uh, 64% said Dragon uh, sorry 64% said Wyvern 36% said Dragon um, I think a lot of those votes came in before the likes of me and you and Charlie Taylor and Mike Unwin had just put through a, a diatribe of no it's a Dragon because 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 so the informed voices uh, said uh, said Dragon and the, uh, the uninformed who got so used to the club calling it a Wyvern incorrectly for the last probably 20 years uh, were the ones that said Wyvern. Um, I did bump into Ben. Um, he was uh, he was quite uh, um, had quite a cheeky look on his face when uh, when I uh, sort of uh, brought that up with him and uh, to, uh, when we talked about that. But uh, apparently that poll is uh, is uh, legally binding, according to Ben. <laughs> well, it might be legally binding in, uh, until somebody brings it up as a motion at the AGM. Well, I think that, that the argument is settled anyway by the photograph that Mike Unwin posted of the origins of the Wyverns. Absolutely, you know, which, the Somerset Wyverns, the, uh, the old supporters yes. club. With, with their logo, which so, is a Wyvern. I don't know, oh, yeah, I, I was being a bit mischievous when I said I'd bring it up at the AGM. That's, uh, I think that's, that's next week, a couple of weeks' time, the AGM, though, isn't it? It's, it's certainly in June, I'm not sure exactly which day. And I'm not sure exactly when uh, when proposals have to be tabled by, but it might have to wait for next year now. But uh, <laughs> it is a source of enjoyment to have this little back and forth with uh, with the club about their incorrect designation of the mythical yeah. animal that uh, that graces the players' chests. Right, hours and hours flown by, guys. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else. That's... Oh, Western Storm, Dan. Sorry, 
That, they, well, we need yeah. to bring them in early because it always sounds a bit of an after, like a bit of an afterthought, uh, which is really unfair to uh, Sophie and, and the team. But um, yeah, there was a uh, a bit of a, uh, a thrilling finish. Was it the Southeast Stars? Uh, no, so this was a way to summarise well, uh, last Wednesday. It. Yeah, summarise got 160 for five batting first, which was competitive. Um, Storm was 29 for three, um, but they sort of just kept themselves in the chase throughout, really. Um, even when Heaven Knight got out, you know, Nat Rafe hit 27 off 16, Katie George hit 34 off 23, uh, Alex Griffiths had 25 off 13, and she was the hero at the end, her and um, on debut, Sophia Smale, um, with their last wicket partnership of 20, to um, all them over the line. Uh, I think they needed 15 or so off the last over, um, and they hit a, Griffiths hit a six first ball, and it came down to three off the final ball, and uh, they were helped by a wild throw from Maddie Villiers. <laughs> She was absolutely distraught after that. I would have been. Uh, I don't blame her at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and she she has a reputation for being one of the best fielders around as well. You know, she's she's shown it on the international stage. So she was absolutely distraught. Um, Sunrisers, obviously, that was the Sunrisers have only won one match in their history since 2020 um, when they were formed. So you know, there was obviously that that was probably weighing on their minds. Um, so I, I have no doubt that that was a, a part of a part of it. You know, that was definitely a factor in them throwing it away like that. Um, but yeah, absolute thriller to get Western Storm off the mark. Uh, they, they did play another game then on Saturday. Um, that was against Southeast Stars. Uh, Storm got 145 for six, uh, and then they reduced Stars to 40 for three. But um, yeah, there was a, a partnership of 108 between Cranston and Moore, um, which went for the Stars uh, fairly comfortably in the end. Um, so Storm have won one out of three so far in the Charlotte Edwards Cup. Um, they probably have to win their remaining three games um, to have a chance of going through because it's only the, the two group winners and the best second place team. Um, but yeah, worth noting that of course uh, on Sunday it is a double header with the T Twenty uh, with the Somerset Essex match. Um, you'll be so able to hear you'll be able to hear the Storm match on the um, on the BBC Sport website as well. Commentator a certain A Gibson. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Should, be a, should be a good day. First game of women's cricket I'll ever have commentated on. Quite possibly the last as well. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you, want, you want to get yourself up on the live stream as well, Dan, if you're there. I'm sure Ben would, uh, ben would love to have you with your extensive knowledge of women's cricket. But uh, yeah, Storm. Oh, no, no, I'm going to bag. I'm going to bag Dan. He's going to come. He's going to come and help me. We're going to start a bedding war. <laughs> what does Auntie go to? Free cup of coffee and a couple of biscuits. <laughs> no, you must be joking. Well, we do get a cup of coffee, but that's it. That's it. You might get a piece of cake if you're really lucky. Oh yes, oh, fair enough. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, Storm Sunrisers and Somerset against Essex Eagles on Sunday. So, uh, when we catch up with you next time, we'll probably do sometime Miller next week. So we'll uh, be talking about the uh, Kent away game, uh, Essex on Sunday, and Hampshire on Monday. So. We'll probably get together maybe Tuesday, Wednesday next week. That's quite unfair on us, isn't it? Having a home game against Essex one day and then having to hot foot it down to the Aegeus Bowl the very next day. When that goes, well, no, but it's still not. It's still not the done thing, isn't it? It's ECB anti Somerset conspiracy theory number seven thousand two hundred and fifty one. Right. Unless we got anything else, we knock that on the air for tonight, guys. Yeah, look forward to better times in the in the blast. Absolutely. Well, can't get any worse, can it? Pick and ourselves then, up, dust yeah. ourselves down, and up and at them. Absolutely. Come on, the dragon.
Best, right, best of luck to uh, Tom Abel and the guys for these uh, first three T20 matches. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week. But for Steve, uh, Dan and Anthony, uh, we will catch you next time. And thanks very much for listening. Oh, and hang around for that Tom Abel interview, which is coming up right now. Something innings, victories, and then this this afternoon. How, how do you explain it? I'm not really sure there is an explanation. Um, just not good enough, like such a disappointing day. Um, you know, I thought after day one, sort of getting 200, it was obviously tough batting conditions, and you know, I thought we were really in the game. And then, you know, again, our bowling attack was brilliant, um, and we were in the game going into the second innings. You know, um, I felt the wicket was probably getting a little bit better. Um, but yeah, like if you bat like that, and obviously um, don't front up with the bat as a group, you know, you're not going to win any games. And obviously, very disappointing day. How much was that uh, second innings performance down to good bowling and how much to bad batting? We, we know what we're getting when we come up against this Hampshire attack. You know, their quality, um, they don't give you anything. Um, they're always at you, always asking questions. And as I say, we sort of, uh, we fronted up in the first innings and I thought, you know, showed a bit of character to sort of fight through it. And, um, you know, we got to a, a competitive total, I think, on that wicket. Um, and we had to reapply ourselves and obviously we didn't do that uh, and we just sort of so we didn't start well and just we didn't manage to arrest that momentum um, one fell after the other and yeah we didn't sort of absorb that pressure and, and fight through it and that's you know particularly disappointing how much was down to down to the pitch and, and possibly down to the new batch of balls as well which certainly in, in the second innings did seem to swing more than we've seen in most games so far this season Potentially, maybe there's you know a little bit more swing uh, with these batch of balls, but you know we're not going to make excuses for ourselves. Um, it was really poor. Um, you know we'll certainly look at we'll be looking at ourselves first and foremost. You know we can't blame conditions, we can't blame the ball, we can't you know we can't look at anything else other than ourselves. Um, as I say, like there was a bit in it sort of right throughout the game, but that's no excuse. And you've got to find a way. You know we've got to find a way to to get through those periods and. And that's what we've done in other games, but it was obviously pretty relentless in terms of their attack. Not always asking questions, and but you've got to earn the right to score runs. Sorry, later in the day, and or but we didn't do that. That's the the last of the first series of County Championship games. You've got a, a, a short break now, and then the T20 starts on Wednesday down at down at Canterbury, and then the next Championship game again here against Surrey in second week in June. How much is that? Is the break now in Red Bull cricket a help? to help you regroup and how much is it a hindrance? I mean, oh, you know, we've had a really good sort of few weeks. Um, our performances in mobile cricket the last few weeks have been, you know, much improved, um, particularly with the bat. So we came into this game in a really good place, sort of full of confidence and obviously this is, it's a setback. Um, you know, it's not fatal, there's so much cricket to be played, but it's just, you know, it's disappointing having played, we made such strides that we, you know, couldn't kick on and put give a better account of ourselves in this game um, you know we knew we were going to be tested there top side but you know we're, we're better than what we've shown and I guess the lack of fight the lack of sort of um, character particularly in that second innings that's the most the thing that hurts us most and you've got a big game in the blast coming up on Wednesday against Kent down at Canterbury tough tough game how are you going to lift the spirits of, of the team between now and then I mean, we're all sort of very aware it's a completely different format. It's almost a different uh, game, to be honest. And we'll have a few fresh faces sort of coming into the side, I'm sure. And um, look, we've got to part this. You know, it's gone. There's nothing we can do about it now. 
um, got to get excited for that that first 2020 game. Um, it's as simple as that. Is there something fundamentally wrong with the championship team at the moment, or is this just one bad day at the office? It's certainly a bad day at the office. Um, as I say, the first sort of couple of days, <clears throat> I felt we were in the game. You know, um, it was obviously a relatively sort of low-scoring game. Runs were at a premium, um, but the way we sort of folded this afternoon, you know, that's what hurts. Um, but is that, but is that symptomatic of, of, of an underlying weakness, or, or is it just a one-off? It's a good question. I think obviously there have been games um, in the recent sort of past where it has been sort of um, well, that's how we have played. You know, we have sort of folded too quickly. Um, but equally, there have been sort of games in the recent past that you know we've really shown what we can do. Um, and that's, that's, I think we've got to focus on that because, you know, we're better than what we've shown um, today. It's no, it's no, it doesn't make it any easier, it's no excuse, but um, I guess we've got to be more consistent and more ruthless with ourselves.